I'm truly honored and humbled. Um, Tammy and I and the whole leadership team, we, we just lean into Jesus and, and hope and pray that we're doing the right thing sometimes. Honestly, it's <clears throat> God help us. <laughs> Sincerely. Um, you know, we're all on a journey uh, of, of following Jesus. And uh, it's, you know, through this whole year, I mean, it's a confusing time a little bit. You know, we know God's in control. And, um, <clears throat> but you think you know exactly how things are going to go, and then it goes a different way. And you got to say, all right, God, I trust your leadership. Even when I don't understand, I trust your leadership. I trust that you're in control, and I, I'm just following you. And... Uh, and it's good. You know, it's interesting. Uh, when my wife shared that word that she just before, but she got up and shared about people who were, you know, going through difficult times and trying, but staying true to the Lord, staying with the word in the face of difficulty, opposition, pressure, persecution. I felt the Lord quicken my heart and shift up everything I had prepared. <laughs> And, um, you know, it's, when you're following the Lord, it's the still small voice that he leads you in. And uh, for some of us who are more, I don't know, is it left brain? You know, I'm a lawyer, so I'm trained in logical thinking, reasoning, you know, establish your arguments, you know, build the evidence. <laughs> and... Uh, Sometimes the spirit comes in and it's more creative and, and the Holy Spirit. I mean, he's all of that. He's not just one side or the other. I mean, he created the universe, but he's, he's not limited. And my natural mind is limited because it, it operates in a five-sense realm. What I see, what I hear, what I touch, what I taste, what I smell. Um, but God is beyond that. God's even beyond time. Time is a created thing. You know, he's, he, he lives in eternity, and we live in this thing called time, which is created. And that's bizarre to me, <laughs> that God isn't limited by time. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's, he's, he's present in the past. He's present in the future. He knows all things. And, but we're in this thing called time. Strange to me. I mean, that's, my natural mind has a hard time. You know, I, I can... I understand it, but grasping what that means is a whole other story. Turn with me to Luke chapter 1, and here's my Holy, Holy Spirit diversion. So bear with me. I don't have notes. It's easier for a lawyer when he has notes. <laughs> Just follow the game plan. And I thank God that he lets me do that sometimes. And he gives that to me. Okay, turning to verse Luke 1, 26. I want to read about uh, Mary's encounter with Gabriel and, and the ramifications of all of that. Okay, Luke 1, 26. Now in the sixth month, I had given him all my scriptures, and now I'm changing them all up. <laughs> 
Now in this sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth, a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. What in the world is this? And what are you saying to me? And considered what manner of greeting this was. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom, there will, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One is to be born, will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative has conceived a son in her old age and this is the sixth month for her who is called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed. I'm so encouraged by Mary's childlike faith. Mary probably was still a teenager. I mean, she might have been, I don't know, 18 or she wasn't very old. She was betrothed to be married. I think in that culture it was very common to be betrothed probably by 18, maybe, I don't know, give or taste, younger. I, I, I you know. But she was fairly young <clears throat> and she was betrothed to Joseph. And she just rejoiced at the word of the Lord and said, be it unto me according to your word. And she gave no thought to what it would mean. And she was fully committed. Things weren't going to go so well. We kind of read past it. But things weren't going to go so well. If you turn with me to Matthew chapter 1. I'm sorry. Let's go back. Let's stay in Luke for a minute. I want, I, want to, I want to read the account of when she goes to visit Elizabeth because it's, it's important. So Luke. Okay, verse 39. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to the city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb. 
And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe, which was John the Baptist, leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. This is all glory. I mean, she gets this, Gabriel, she goes, now she has, Elizabeth knows without even saying a word. She has an ally. So good. Mary says, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. She was just a young, young woman. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. And he has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. And Mary remained about three months and then returned to her own house. So Elizabeth was, what did it say, five months? So just maybe before the birth of... Uh, of John. And she noticed, she, she states, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. And it's true. We look back on the faith of Mary. It just, she was true. She hid the, you know, when things were happening to Jesus throughout his life, it says she hid these things in her heart. And, you know, and she suffered watching what happened to her. You know, it was our Lord, but she gave birth to him. <laughs> She was a mother to him, right, to the, to the man, Christ Jesus. He's man, God and man together, but, you know, let's understand. He came into the earth realm as a man, fully man, fully God. And, uh, and he was no different in the sense of creation. He, he, you know, he took on flesh like you and I, yet he was without sin. So turn with me now to Matthew, because I want to hit on something. Matthew chapter 1. Okay, so it sounded pretty glorious in Luke, right? Mary's obedient. This is so cool. Be it unto me according to your word. How many just rejoice in the Lord, God, whatever you say, I'll say. Wherever you send me, I'll go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. This should just be great, right? You know, from now on, all generations are going to call me blessed. Now, verse 18, Matthew 1, 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother was betrothed to Joseph, before... Everyone say, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. 
So Joseph said, like, Mary, what's up with this? <laughs> Joseph, let me tell you. The angel Gabriel appeared to me. And she goes through the story. And I said, be it unto me according to thy word. And the power of the Holy Spirit overshadowed me. And she told it just as it was. But Joseph, being a just man, thought, I don't want to make a public example of her. She's out of her mind. I mean, honestly, like, you, you, maybe you're not understanding. People knew Mary was pregnant. And... Joseph could have made a public example of her and brought her out and had her stoned. Because to the everyone's understanding, except Mary was the only one that heard Gabriel, there was a reproach. Her saying yes to Jesus came with the reproach of the culture. When you say yes to Jesus, you're going to bear the reproach of the culture. We, we read past this, at least I do. <laughs> you know, Joseph, you know, he was going to put her away. He didn't want to make a public example. Thought he put her away privately. And now, what's going through young Mary's? mind. God, I said, yes, like, how could this be? Joseph doesn't understand. He obviously didn't understand when she told him. I mean, it says, Joseph being a just man, not wanting to make a public, was minded, you know what, I'm, I'll, I, I'm not going to bring her out in public and have everyone stone her. What am I going to do? But I'm but while, so I'll just, I'll put her away privately. But while he thought about these things, he wasn't, while he thought about these things, behold, the, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived of her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and he shall, you shall call his name Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. And then, you know, then it goes on. All this was done <clears throat> so that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being translated is God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel commanded and took to him his wife and did not know her <coughs> or did not have intimate relationship with her until she brought forth the firstborn son and called his name Jesus. But the reproach, it wasn't just, it became known. I mean, people talk, you know. David, when he entered into a relation, you know, an adulterous relationship with Bathsheba, you know, if you understand, there was probably talk around the, the 
I don't know, the palace, whatever, wherever kings live, you know. <laughs> he had servants, and they're like, whoa, you know. And it was whispering and gossip, and, you know, and then the prophet rebuked him. But this is, like, people understood this was horrible what David had done. And people talk. So I, I think, you know, when it says here, um, before they... Mary was betrothed to Joseph, and before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. It was known to, to some people, maybe a, a small group of people, maybe she could otherwise cover it, I don't know. But she had to bear the reproach of the gossip, all because she said yes to Jesus. And we live in a time and an hour when... Let me clarify. Any time, any time and hour that you're following Christ, there's a reproach that comes with, with following him. You know, it's just, you know, the preaching of the gospel, the gospel of salvation is foolishness to those who are perishing. But it's the power of God to all who believe. And so he's called us to embrace it and embrace the preaching and proclamation of the gospel. Repent and believe. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Paul said, I determined to know nothing among you except Christ crucified and risen again. And it just sounds absurd to, to, to the logical mind. And, uh, and there's a reproach. But when you proclaim the gospel, there's power released. And people actually get saved. But the devil wants you to so fear the reproach that you'll never open your mouth, that you'll never speak the truth. You know, tr truth, <clears throat> there's only one truth, right? It's the truth of the word of God. God's word is true. Let God be true and every man a liar. Like the philosophies of men, the philosophies of this world, God is true. Let God be true and every man, you know, be proved a liar. We live in a day and an age when... What generations had thought was foundational truth is being challenged. You know, whether it's gender, whether it's marriage, uh, all these things are being challenged constantly. And if you don't agree to what the world's view is, you're viewed as, oh, you're narrow-minded. You know, you have an old world view that's, that's so narrow and, you know, and, and so they embrace a lie because they want to worship and serve the creature more than the creator. It says in, in Romans, right? They, you know, they exalt the cre creature over the creator. We were created, we're created beings in God's image. He created us in his image and in his likeness. And we are, what did we sing? I am who you say I am. <laughs> Come on. Turn with me to Psalm 2. Psalm 2. Beginning of verse 1. Why do the nations rage and the people plot vain things? 
The kings of the earth, they set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. What is this psalm saying? People create vain imaginations, philosophies, and then they try to exalt them and push them forward. The kings of the earth, rulers established, they set laws and decrees. Nebuchadnezzar set up uh, a burning, you know, created this big idol with a furnace in the midst of it and said, everyone's going to have to bow down and worship this thing. And if you don't, you're going to be executed. You're going to be thrown right into the middle of the burning, fiery furnace. And, and, and he gave a command that whenever, you know, they would sound off, they'd have these lutes and harps, and they'd, they'd make sounds that would be heard through the city. And whenever the, whenever the sound went out, you had to bow down and worship this idol that Nebuchadnezzar created. Except there were three Hebrew boys who wouldn't do it. They wouldn't bow down. And it was reported, and they brought them to King Nebuchadnezzar. And he was furious, and he said, you know, if you don't bow down, we're going to throw you into this burning, fiery furnace. And what God is going to save you from that fate? And what did they answer? <clears throat> Let's turn to it. Turn to Daniel. Uh, chapter 3. Starting in verse 13, I gave you the background. Nebuchadnezzar in a rage and in fury gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men to the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke to them, saying, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods and worship the gold image which I have set up? Now, if you're ready, at the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, and the psaltery and symphony, with all kinds of beautiful music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, then okay, it'll, that'll be good for you. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Now Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to even answer in this matter. If that's the case, listen, our God whom we serve, he is able to deliver us from your burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if he doesn't, but if he doesn't, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image that you set up. You see, there's a reproach when you want to follow the Lord. 
Are you willing to bear the reproach? There's a glory to it, but it has a cost. There's a glory, but it's not without cost. Jesus said, Are you, if you want to follow me, that's good. Take up your cross. The cross is not that gold charm around your neck. The cross is a brutal uh, torture device developed by the Romans to terrorize their enemies and to make an example of anyone who wouldn't bow down to their decrees. And Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. It's glorious, but there's a cost. I really believe that it's, it's just, it, we're living in a time and an hour when things are coming at us. Philosophies, there's moves to change laws, seasons, definitions of things that you think are just so obvious that are in the word of God, they've been accepting, we just, we, we know them to be true, but in the superior thinking of the day, the humanistic mindset of we're more enlightened today, we know better, and they redefine things that are just obvious in the scripture. Whether it's marriages between a man and a woman, whether it's God created them, male and female, in his image he created them. And now they want to change all of that or give you the option, you know, choose. It, these are things that are said. Now, we know what the word of God says, you know, and we have to stand for truth. But you'll be challenged. And I think like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it's important that we say, listen, we're not going to bow down to your idols, to your philosophies. We're not going to accept what you say is the new truth. There's an eternal truth. It's called the word of God, and we stand on it. And it doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. So there's going to be a reproach, but if you are willing to take the stigma of being identified with Christ, then he's willing to stand with you. You know, when you deny him, he says, if you deny me, I'll, you know, I'll deny you before the Father. I mean, it's very important that we, we, we stand firm for what we believe in the gospel, in the scripture. And they'll be furious with you. Let's read from uh, Daniel 3, verse 19. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression on his face changed toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Just because this happened in Babylon thousands of years ago, don't think it, it could not happen today. So let's just prepare our hearts. We're going to serve God through all eternity. This life is very short. Set your heart on heaven. Be planted there. Be rooted and grounded there. And the only way you're going to do this is you have to have your heart rooted and grounded in love. You have to be so rooted in Jesus that you're not swayed to the right or to the left. You have to have oil in your lamp because you're not going to be able to do it in your own strength. 
these three young boys didn't do it in their own strength. There was a supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. Don't think that they're just so amazing and courageous. I mean, they were, but it, it was the grace of God on their lives. Okay. <clears throat> Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury and and the expression on his face changed toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army, bind up those three boys and cast them into the furnace. Then these men were bound, the, the three boys were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and, they were, and their garments, and they were cast into the midst of the fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace was exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed the guards, the army men that Nebuchadnezzar commands to go, killed those guys as they were throwing Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fiery furnace. fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, <clears throat> Shadrach, Meshach, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. And he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, wait a minute. Didn't we throw three guys into the midst of the fire? <laughs> Who's the other guy in there? They answered, true, O king, look. But he said, look, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire. And they're not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the son of God. The transcending glory of God. What the devil meant for evil, God turns it around for good. But it requires of people who are unwavering. It requires of people who are willing to, to stand up and not count their lives, you know, as, as worth more, right? You know, they, they love not their lives unto death. That's, that's who we need to be. And uh, in the midst of that, we have to be full of love. Turn with me to First Peter chapter two. First Peter chapter two. Uh, verse 21 through 23. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you what? Leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin. No deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. 
He's our example. We should follow in his footsteps. Listen, we're going to have to put on love. We're going to need supernatural love, but this is, this is going to be good because we're about to, to see a great end time harvest, a great revival. But it's going to come because there's going to be testimonies like the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Right? I mean, God's going to do supernatural signs and wonders. But don't think it's not without a cost. Like, it may look like I could die, and if I die, so be it. That's what the three Hebrew boys said. Look, our God's able, but even if he doesn't, I'm not bowing down. I'm not turning around. But now we draw courage from these stories because these are the, this, is, this, this, is the, you know, this is the hall of fame of faith, right? And we follow in his example. He committed no sin. No deceit was found in his mouth. And when they hurled insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he didn't threaten them. Oh, you just wait. <laughs> nope. He made no threats. Instead, he trusted himself to him, the Father in heaven who, who, who judges justly. Let's keep going to verse chapter 3. Beginning of verse 8. First Peter 8, uh, chapter 3, verse 8. Finally, all of you, be like-minded. Wow. How are we ever going to be like-minded? I mean, people are all over the place. There's some strong opinions in this room. I hear both sides. There's only one place we're going to gather true like-mindedness. It's the Word of God. He is the Word. He's the Word incarnate. Like we have to say, if he said it, I believe it, that, you know, there's nothing else. I mean, it, he said it, that settles it. It's the Word of God. It's really not up for debate. Finally, all of you, be like-minded. Let's get alone with the Lord. Let's get his heart. You want, we don't want just the letter of the law. We need the heart of the Father. You know, they constantly tested Jesus to trap him. They kept asking him questions. Really, you should go back and read all the different times they, they were trying to catch him. This one had like, you know, she married one and then he died. So she married his brother and he died and they married the next one and he died. Who's, whose wife is she going to be? <laughs> Jesus, you don't know the power of God or the word. I mean, you're just, you're just missing it. And then they try to try. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar? They're just waiting. Just, it's a binary question, meaning yes or no, because either way, we're going to get you. It's a trick question. They love to, to get you in these binary question traps. Just say yes or no. Are you for it or against it? Either way, we're going to lambast you because we're just waiting. It's a little more nuanced. 
The word of God is straight, but there's nuance. The law is the law, but mercy triumphs over judgment. But the law is the law. Okay. Let's everybody take a deep breath. We got to hear from the Lord. You got to hear from the Lord. Don't, please, don't have so, such strong opinions. Be humble enough to say, God, help me. Jesus often wouldn't answer right away. He'd answer with a question. But sometimes, one time, he just bowed down and, and wrote in the sand. He didn't answer them. And then he answered, and they couldn't even, you know. There's this something, because I, I do feel like we're in trap situations. And whether it's strong religious people or strong secular people or whoever they are, they're trying to get you to, 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 to come up with a quick answer. And we take a deep breath, everyone. Take a deep breath. We need Jesus. Finally, all of you be like-minded. Be sympathetic. Love one another. Be compassionate and what? Is it up there? Anyway, mine says, let's, I'm reading from the NIV. <laughs> be compassionate and humble. Humble. There it is. We need humility. Pride goes before a fall. Pride's blinding. You know, we can be so sure of our position. It's based in scripture. That the fact, you know, just be careful. Be careful. Like know the scripture, it's good, but know the heart of God. What's his heart? And just God, I need you. I, I need to walk with you. I, you know, truth is uncompromising. But we need the spirit of God. We need the mercy of God. We need the grace of God, uh, you know, together. It's mercy and truth have met together in Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Let's continue reading in uh, 1 Peter 3, <clears throat> beginning of verse 8. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. Come on, this is Sermon on the Mount stuff, guys. Don't shout back. You know, when, when people are so filled with their opinions, do, do you really have to answer? Especially, I guess, on social media. I, I don't really have a social media presence where I'm, like, answering back and forth to people. Um, but Sometimes that's just a shouting match. There's no, there's no love in that. Do not repay evil for evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because to this you were called. This is a calling. You, say me, were called to this. Come on. Holy Spirit, come. To this you were called. You have a calling. So that you may inherit what? A blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil. 
and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn away from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears open and attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now, who's going to harm you if you're eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. Now, I, listen. Some of you are in situations where you work in places that are pushing forward ungodly ideologies. I know we've spoken to you. Don't be afraid. Ask for wisdom. Don't feel like you have to speak all the time. Be quick to listen, slow to speak. You want to hear the still small voice of the Holy Spirit in whatever situation you're in. Don't feel like you have to respond to everything that comes your way. God will give you wisdom. It's just important that you understand and you have to attune your ear. We have to buy oil from the Lord. That's the place of intimacy. Jesus only said what he heard the Father saying. I give place for the Lord to speak to you. Allow yourself to hear what the Spirit's saying. You know, especially when you're in difficult environments. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, they were all in difficult. He was surrounded by astrologers and soothsayers and magicians. These were all demonically influenced counselors. Yet his wisdom rose above all of them. Let the wisdom of God proceed out of your mouth in such a way that no one can resist it. Not even all of the, you know, the challenges. That's what Daniel did in Babylon, in an ungodly society, to a king who was setting up idols. And God is going to do, you know, he will, he's going to fill your mouth with what you should say. But we have to have a hearing ear. You have to watch and pray. Watching is saying, all right, God, what are you saying? What are you doing? Be slow to speak. The scripture says be slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to respond. Just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Do not fear their threats, nor be frightened, but in your hearts reverence the Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope you have. But here's the thing. Do this with gentleness and respect. Uh-oh. Shouldn't I just shout at them? You ungodly heathens. God's going to judge you. No. <laughs> gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against you against your good behavior in Christ, may be ashamed of their slander. For it's better if it's God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. Listen, we're, you know, I think we're in challenging times. I see 
potential for laws coming down the pike that redefine things. And uh, you need to, we need to know what the word of God says. We need to stand, but you're gonna, we need the wisdom of Daniel. We need to walk soberly, circumspectly, understanding the times we're in, but asking for God for wisdom. And he's going to give wisdom. Jesus was constantly tested with these binary questions. This woman was caught in adultery. The scripture's clear. Stoner. What do you say? Scripture says anyone caught in the act of adultery should be stoned. She was caught in the very act. What do we do now? If he says, uh, leave her alone, you're breaking the scripture. If he says, um, you know, stoner, where's the, where's, where's the mercy? Where's the grace? Where's, where's the heart of the Father? You know, these are challenging. These are challenging times, and we need the wisdom of God like no other, like no other time. I, I just, I think because the culture um, is shifting in many ways all around us, we, we need the wisdom of God like never before. And he's got answers. Like he's going he's gonna to fill your mouth with wisdom that's irresistible. But it's important that you quiet your spirit and you say, and, it's, and, and the Bible says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally. He doesn't withhold it, and he's going to pour it out, and he'll give it liberally. You know, and he gives it when you need it. You know, when you need it, it'll be there. You know, you ask in faith. Don't waver. Don't doubt. Know that God is for you. He's not against you. And he'll give you the wisdom you need. And you'll navigate situations. And then, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it's, and even if he doesn't, I trust him. His leadership is perfect. He, he's, he, he, his leadership in your life is perfect. But it requires surrender. You know, you gotta say, you gotta say like Mary said, "Be it unto me according to your word." And then Joseph is like ready to put her away, <laughs> not convinced. He wasn't convinced until he had a, an angel appear to him in a dream. It was like he wasn't buying this story. And then, how did Mary feel? Like you know, like we read right through that, like, God, I said yes to you. No, even Joseph doesn't believe me. Like this is real. Like we read through it and we kind of like glamorize it, or I don't know, like. Oh, she's so courageous, and I want to be just like Mary. Do you really? <laughs> do, you, do you want to walk in that level of reproach? I mean, it's glorious. All generations call her blessed to this day. Like, we look and say, wow. Such a young woman, and look at her. And then she, she, had, she, she walked with the Lord. She was in the upper room. She saw it all. She saw it from before he was conceived in the womb, Till the cross, till the resurrection, to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. She saw it all. She was there. She had a firsthand account. She missed nothing. I mean, I want to be there, but do I want to bear that reproach? <laughs> there was a cost to it. All right. You know what we're going to do? We're going to take communion. Can we do that? Can the worship team come up? God is good. He's so good. Listen, he loves you so much. He's, uh, 
I don't want, I, I want everyone to take courage with how good God is. Like, he really loves you. He's, he's got a plan for your life. He, he actually appointed the day and the hour that you live in. The fact that you live today, this, this may be a generation that sees the, the culmination of, of things. I don't know. I mean, it seems like there's a lot of intensity where in a wor worldwide pandemic, there's a lot of craziness around there. You know, only, only he knows the day, the hour of his returning. But, you know, why did the early church look forward to the return of Christ? Did they look forward to it because they thought it would be the end of the world? I mean, because I think a lot of people have a fear of the return of Christ. You know, he's going to come back and set up his rule on the earth for a thousand years. Do you know? Like, there'll be no more, you know, Putin in Russia or his whatever the guy's name in China and, you know, the president of the United States, President Biden, or the next guy or the next woman. Um, wh whoever it is, like, he's going to rule. And there's a reason that everyone looked forward, like, God, come and do this. That would be amazing. And, but he's long-suffering. Peter says he's long-suffering concerning his return. Why? Because he doesn't want anyone to go to hell. Let's be real. He doesn't want anyone to perish. And so in the meantime, he's deputized each of you and me. He said, I'm going to make you my ambassador. You're going to be my representative. Ambassador is someone from one kingdom sent to another kingdom to represent the kingdom. Guess what? You're representing a kingdom. Whose kingdom? The kingdom of God. You've been bought with a price. You don't belong to yourself. Who do I belong to? You belong to Jesus. Jesus.